Welcome to the Fantasy End Podcast, where we share our love for all things fantasy and discuss the broader speculative fiction industry. Welcome to the Fantasy End. Hey guys, welcome to the Fantasy Earn Podcast. This time around, we are going to be talking about genre snobbery, which should hopefully lead to a lot of fights, which is very, very, you know, up my alley. I've actually got like, a legitimate bag of popcorn here, which I'm going to eat as obnoxiously as possible while like, railing everyone else up. So I'm here. I'm the Scottish cabbage person. And what about you guys? I'm Tam. I'm Genia. And I'm Cop. Did you just forget your name? Me? Did you just forget your name? It sounded like you'd forgotten me. No, I didn't. I didn't okay. forget my name. <laughs> just checking. It's his, it's his fake name. It's his fake internet name. What's my? It's my real name. I promise. <laughs> okay, so and talking about like John Snobbery, what is John Snobbery? Well, that's what we're going to talk about, to be honest. And um, there's been a lot of like, talk recently. Marlon James brought out his new fantasy book, making the crossover from literary fiction to genre fiction. These two fan bases don't always get on, so fun. It's going to be the same books. But I thought we were pretending that it's taking place in the future, and we're talking about future books. That's so why we had the conversation about what are you going to read next? Well, yeah, I was making popcorn for that, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just say what you're going to read next. Or a book we read last, <laughs> or something. <laughs> So what are you guys reading right now? <laughs> I'm currently reading Foundryside by Robert Jackson Bennett. Yeah, it's got interesting magic. I'm reading The Forgotten Beasts of Eld by Patricia McKillop. I'm reading it for the fantasy book bingo uh, for a book that was published before I was born. It's about a woman who lives alone on a mountain. Then a baby gets dropped on her lap, basically, and now she has to take care of it. And I am about 20% in, so I don't know what happens after that. Uh, it's, it's okay. I mean, it's, it's a good book. I, I feel like I'm alienating a lot of people because McKillop is very well loved. But um, it's, I don't know, it's kind of old. <laughs> so anyway, what about you, Cobb? I'm reading Middle Game by Seanan McGuire via a NetGalley arc. It comes out in May. It's about these two twins. One is really good with language, and the other one is really good with numbers and math. And it turns out that they aren't really human or of this world, but they don't really know what they are either. And there is a third person in the mix who created these two people. And so throughout the book, we kind of learn more about them and more about if they can achieve God status. Cool. I'm currently reading We Lie With Death by Devin Madsen, which is a sequel to Rewrite the Storm, which is a spiffball finalist, SBFBO. And that was one of my favorite books from last year. So I'm really looking forward to digging into this one. I'm only about 10% of the way through, but I am going to love it. I can already tell. And if I don't love it, I will hate myself. So segging into what we're actually going to talk about, we're going to talk about genre snobbery. So we're going to talk about, you know, things like lip fic versus genre fic, why everyone Snapchat each other, what the actual issues are there, and generally just poke at this, you know, den of, yeah, poke at this hornet's nest with like a very, very long stick. 
So for genre snobbery, uh, one of the biggest ones I see in terms of, you know, quote unquote, rival groups would be genre fiction, uh, speculative fiction, horror, anything, uh, mystery, romance, thriller versus quote unquote, literary fiction. And a lot of times people I see look down upon one or the other. It's people who read genre fiction might find people who read litfic as snobbish. And the other way around, people who read litfic might see people who read genre fic as you don't read real books or you don't read books that have any real uh, value to them, which I think is pretty BS. What gives a book value? Like what do you think that most of this like rivalry stuff comes from different readers value in different parts of a book like maybe having things like plot or prose above things like characters etc i think people uh some people would define it as if you can't write a college level essay you know do research about this book you know if you can't pick out random themes in this book and apply it to your life, then it doesn't have any value. If it's just an entertaining read, then it doesn't have any value. So for example, I was once, you know, told that when I was reading Carrie by Stephen King, why are you reading that? That doesn't have any value to it. So it's not a good book because it was just an entertaining read. And so they didn't find that entertainment had any value. What do you think, Janya? I think it's interesting how the snobbery goes both ways, because I know that, for example, like, I mean, I really like fantasy, but I also do like these classical books that they forced us to read at school. Actually, most of them I really enjoyed. But I think because most people's experience with the classics is having to sit down and, I don't know, analyze why did they use the color red in the scene or whatever. So people have a very... Uh, sometimes very, very negative view of it. And it's just like, they don't know what they're talking about. Um, Litvik is just divorced professors trying to fuck college students or whatever in the middle of their midlife crisis and so on. And so um, I just think it's interesting how, you know, when some when when people always tell you that what you're reading is worthless, then you kind of start telling them that what they're reading is worthless as well. Um, so it's, I don't know, it's, it's just an interesting kind of dim- dimension, I think. But you, Tam? Um, well, pretty much the same as what everyone else has said. I don't really have anything you to add. So, <laughs> uh, so why don't we talk about what kind of genre snobbery do we find in uh, speculative fiction in general? So let's say sci-fi fantasy. So like within spec fic, there is that little like internal genre snobbery likes of like sci-fi and fantasy like you said cop it's almost as if like for some people it has to be one or the other you either like lord of the rings or you like june and you can't to like both and be invested in both communities is seen as a little weird which i don't necessarily agree with yeah it's really weird how how you see people you know say for example oh, I really like Star Wars. That's a great sci-fi series. And then you get people go rushing at you and saying, how dare you? That's a fantasy series. You know, or people who label A Darker Shade of Magic um, by V.E. Schwab or Mistborn, and they say, 
you know, this is, you know, a great YA series. And then you have people rushing at you, you know, saying, how dare you? This is, you know, pure adult fantasy. This isn't that YA crap. Oh man, I'm talking about YA. I'm going to get my popcorn for this. Yeah, the YA thing is like a kind of almost like a, that's a hot topic now. It's like explosive almost because the conversation about what can and can't be YA, you know, what kind of topics can and can't YA touch on. And, you know, people get very invested in it. There's a lot of kind of like blow ups about that. This book is good. It can't be YA or. This book has two dark themes. It can't be YA, but another side you like. Well, YA can be anything. It's just you know, for the audience. What is it for the audience? Is it for the genre? It's like a whole thing. Where do you guys stand on that one? I wonder if it's because fantasy is anyway seen as lesser than or associated with I don't know teenagers or children or whatever. And you know that quote about how fantasy is for the best age for it is twelve or whatever. I wonder if because of that. Like adults who like fantasy, some of them really want to separate themselves from teenagers and just be like, oh, no, we don't like the crap for kids. We like the adult stuff with a lot of blood and stuff. I mean, I wonder if that plays into it. A lot of what now? Blood. Blood. <laughs> a lot of blood. 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 <laughs> yeah, I get what you're saying. There's always those people you see who go, um, you know, I've outgrown Harry Potter. I've outgrown YA. I mean, I think it's perfectly okay not to like, you know, YA or not to like adult fantasy even. For me, it's, and I know why isn't, YA itself isn't a subgenre, but just in terms of a general category, you know, I always see people talking bad about it. On the flip side, you get to people who, you know, say things like YA is only a marketing ploy. Which I can see on the one hand, but then on the other, the way these people talk about it makes it seem like they just randomly, the publishers and marketers randomly decide what's YA and what's not. You know, so they have a dartboard and they throw a dart at the book and, oh, well, I guess now Guns of the Dawn by Adrian Tchaikovsky, that's YA now. Or, well, I guess, what's an actual YA book? Um... I guess the the poppy war <laughs> the pop <laughs> yeah that's why I guess oh boy you was know, like oh well I guess the girl who circumnavigated fairyland in a ship of her own making by Kat Valenti that's adult fantasy now it's it it's always if I like it then it has to be this subgenre or this genre or whatever because I like it so it's not like the rest of them yeah but I definitely think. Uh, romance fantasy is really heavily looked down upon. I don't understand why, but it's got such a bad rep and you like, you know, people love to shit on it just because they feel like it's a thing they can shit on. I really think it's because of Twilight, honestly. How long was Twilight published though? That's fucking years ago. More than 10 years ago. Exactly. Is the the last I just looked this up. The last book was published at least ten or more years ago. And yet people still use Twilight and the Hunger Games as, you know, the quintessential this is YA. They say, I don't like YA, you know, I read the Twilight and the Hunger Games and they didn't like them, so I don't like YA. Or I read Twilight, so I don't like paranormal romance. 
I think that's where like, the genre snobbery kind of comes into it too. Things like, you know, Twilight have put forward as YA and this is what YA is, YA is bad in their mind. But like, for instance, look at The Hate You Give, like the movie just came out last year. That's a YA book. It's a YA movie. But it's referred to as this little adult thing because it has adult themes. And, you know, it couldn't possibly be YA because this is good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the the elephant in the room is that it's, you know, it's YA is considered to be female-centric, female-directed, female-authored, and so on. Um, the same with romance, fantasy, and so on. I mean, I remember at some point I wrote a review for uh, The Girl in the Tower by Catherine Arden. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I got a response to that with somebody asking me if the if the book is YA. I said, no, I don't think so. It's a little bit um, like the there's a lot of emphasis on, on prose specifically and on atmosphere, very little emphasis on plot. It's a bit dark and so on. And then this person started telling me that, no, it seems a little too young even for YA because there's like a magic, like there's a talking horse and shit. And that's like, that's for girls, little girls, not even YA, not even teenage girls. Girls, baby girls what does it have to do with fantasy if it's set in a historical like historical moscow and so on and i mean like what can that come from except for except for somebody who just doesn't like things aimed at women i mean i'm sorry but i don't know that's that's just kind of how it is that's also part of the genre snobbery i think yeah the gender of the author definitely i think plays a big role into it and i think was it Krista D. Bull who had the report maybe sometime last year on Reddit's uh, R Fantasy subreddit, where she surveyed different women authors and basically found that even if this woman wrote epic fantasy, the it could be the exact same thing as her male counterpart. It would be marketed, the cover at least, would be marketed as more towards the romance aspect of it. I definitely agree with that. And I was watching this one booktube video by, I want to say it was Perpetual Pages. They talked about why they like to read different, diverse, uh, they like to diversify their reading. And they brought up the argument of, I just read good books. And their counter argument to that, which I really liked, was if you say that and you don't read diversely, then what you're kind of implying is books written by, you know, women, books written by uh, people of color, you know, by et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Those aren't good books, you know, so diversifying your reading, um, intentionally reading genres that you might not um, be interested in, you know, is a good thing. Okay, so let's kind of try and dig into where we think some of this the animosity and rivalry comes from. So, like, for instance, Marlon James's new book just came out, like Black Leopard, Red Wolf, and because he's a literary fiction writer, the book itself, although being fantasy and although being pushed by the author as fantasy, is being marketed pretty much as a lit fic novel, mm-hmm. which has sparked a bit of, you know, argument between fantasy fans, lit fic fans, and sort of thing. How do you think that, you know that push, that media push, the advertising aspect of a book that could be either or, like, fuels this kind of animosity? For me, I think a big part of it is more than James a... Like, has he been nominated for a Man Booker Prize before? He won, uh, yeah. Yeah, because I think... I don't know if, uh, like, what's allowed in the Man Booker Prize, but usually, from what I see, it's, you know, litvic. So I think a part of it is trying to get 
certain books into certain award categories. And the animosity, I think it's just silly. I think that often you get these these book reviewers from these big publications like the New York Times don't read much of the genre themselves. So, which I mean, you know, it's fair, whatever, nobody has to read everything. But then they come with these pieces about how somebody's revolutionizing the genre or finally it's not just swords and, I don't know, women in terrible armor. For people who are really into it and really up to date like we are, it sometimes feels very off-putting because, I mean, I haven't read the book. Maybe it's a wonderful book. I did like the other book of his that I started reading, but I don't know if he's necessarily doing something new in a way that sometimes these big publications say that these litfic authors are, that's where the tension comes in. Not specifically from the authors themselves, who might be big fans um, of the genre because they are writing in it, but more from the outside. Yeah. Hugh, you actually read the book, so maybe you have something to add? <laughs> I don't want to add anything. I just want to watch you guys see all the controversial shit. Yeah, to be honest, it just read to me like... A fantasy book. It was just a fa- an epic fantasy book that was written in a kind of maybe more literary style. But you get fantasy books like that, so you know the big push. It's going to revolutionise the genre, etc., etc. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But the I think it's disrespectful to like disregard everything that came before. You know, like there's all these other great fantasy books and great fantasy books in the same vein as Black Leopard, Red Wolf, but to kind of disregard them and say this is the new starting point for the genre, to me that's like the kind of the epitome of genre snobbery, and I don't think it comes from the author, I don't really think it comes from the publisher, it's like the way it's spoke about afterwards, yeah. Yeah, that whole, finally, a book that, you know, does this stuff unlike these other books that came before. Yeah, finally, a fantasy book without elves. And, like, millions of fantasy authors just scream in rage at that. Like, when was the last time you read a fucking book with an elf in it? Yeah. Or, finally, a fantasy book that doesn't include super long, hard-to-pronounce names, even though I read maybe a hundred books last year, and not a single one had that concept in it. And that's a big thing that a lot of people have against fantasy is this idea that fantasy names have random apostrophes and are super hard to pronounce. So that's why, like, that's why some people don't like to read fantasy because of this misconception. And I think a lot of the genre snobbery comes from misconceptions. Okay, so kind of think we should try tie this off now. So let's end on a kind of light note. What is like the funniest misconceptions you've seen about a genre that you read in? I think the the biggest misconception is just in any genre is that books should be read from page one to the end and that series should be read in order. I think that's a pretty big misconception. What do you think, Jen? You're really going for the controversial things. Um, <laughs> gosh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I like for, for me, I, I hmm. Somebody else go first. Go, Tam. Oh, I don't know how to answer this one. I don't know. That's a difficult question. What subgenre are you currently reading? What genre are you currently reading? Historical fantasy. Is it boring? No. Because I know for me, a misconception about historical fantasy is that it's just like my history classes. It's boring, dry, and not something I'd want to be entertained by. 
yeah, that works. Yeah, to be honest, I like before I started reading fantasy, like, really reading it, like I had a bunch of misconceptions about like, the genre. I thought everything was going to be like elves and dwarfs, and like every book had to end with this massive, you know, showdown with a dark lord. But it's not that, is it? Like you got all these little character-based books. There's like books like Sandal and Ascends. There's books like The Bear and the Nightingale. There's Terry Pratchett. There's all different. Like sure, there may be some of the tropes in there, but like the misconceptions are misconceptions like that's not what fantasy is and i think we need to realize that on the other side of the coin looking at things like sci-fi and litfic you think oh it's just all like weird aliens with like their own languages and litfic is just all snobby books where everything has to be a metaphor but you know without reading it it's not probably not that yeah, I guess I guess my misconception, I always think that class, I mean, like, I always used to think that classics were, like, I'm always scared of them. I always think they're written in a very complicated language and so on. But somehow every time I picked one up, I actually really enjoyed it. So I, and then I think I should read more of this because I do really enjoy it. And then every time I'm not reading one at the moment, I'm scared again, which is a bit sad. <laughs> But I guess like th- that misconception just it's just stuck in my head very strongly. Yeah, you get like, a lot of people think that classical fantasy is this like kind of stuffy thing. But look back the likes of like, Lud in the Mist by Hope Mireles, is it? Mm-hmm. So this wonderful like, kind of like fairy tale esque thing with a lot of like it's quite sinister, it's quite charming, it's like not stuffy and like boring as you'd think. I think there's like a lot of like books that get disregarded because of like misconceptions like these, which all well, does come from genre snobbery. And also just the idea that diverse books have started being published in fantasy within the last 10 years or so, when there were books written by women and by people of color. And people sort of have the idea that like before 2005, everything was just white, male and straight, but not necessarily. And I think that's maybe that's a bit of a shame because then we, we forget those books a bit. Okay, so on that happy note, we are going to finish up with this episode. So get in touch with us on Twitter at The Fantasy Inn and let us know what your misconceptions are about some of your favourite genres or what misconceptions you think you may have about genres you've not read yet. And until then, we'll see you next time.